0: Hey, Senda.
1: Hey, Phil.
0: You want to talk about leadership at the table?
1: Is that an order?
0: Sure is. (laughs) Hey. Welcome to another episode of Pandas Talking Games. I am your bossy host, Phil.
1: And I'm your not bossy host, Senda? I, not, what did you- You're
0: not too bossy.
1: I, I don't know.
0: Could have been supportive. <laughs> I'm
1: not kidding. I could have been, but okay, so
0: we should start the show now. No, we can't start the show. We have to talk about something else. We have an ad. Dun, dun, dun. What? Senda, what's our ad about?
1: Our ad is about a fantastic game called Girl Underground by Laura McManon and Jesse Ross.
0: What kind of game is it?
1: Well, it's powered by the apocalypse, uh, one of our favorites.
0: Of course. And gotta, I got to know, like, what's the situation?
1: So the situation is that it does stories like Alice in Wonderland, or Wizard of Oz, or my personal favorite, The Labyrinth.
0: Cool beans! Um, right. Sh- all right, Schmitty's, so
1: Schmitty's seen it now.
0: So what do, what do we? <laughs> so what's the deal? Like we got like, does one person like play the character and everybody else plays other no. stuff? No, 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 no no
1: no, 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 no. So in Girl Underground, the players all take turns playing as the main character, who is the girl, um, but then they also individually play their own companion characters too. Right? So you also get to be like. Smells bad.
0: <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> nice job. Um, hey, it's a powered by the Apocalypse game. So, does it have XP?
1: No. Instead of XP, the girl pushes against what are called her manners, which are society's expectations of her.
0: Boo. Oh, love this idea,
1: yeah, and she turns them into beliefs, which are the things that she's actually learned about herself during her journey. Yay, that sounds can, way better. I know, right? And then she can incorporate those into her roles to get better results like, I don't know, you have no power over me.
0: Sweet, that's right? awesome. All right, so look, when can I get involved in this?
1: Well, it is on Kickstarter right this instant, right now. You should go back it now.
0: Right, 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 now. Now. Okay. right now. Right now. Okay, right now. Yes, Okay, right
1: now. Still on Kickstarter, right, right. now yep
0: say that i'm i'm say all right i'm gonna do the kickstarter thing but what if i also want to kind of keep up with it and learn more what do i do
1: you can learn more at girl not com not com org org they're an organization of org gameness not a commercial gameness
0: sweet high yes. five good job good. on that, good job on awesome. that ad powered okay, good. right through it good. awesome So to tell us about tonight's topic
1: Tonight's topic is from listener Jay all, who emailed us, and they said, So I have a group of players who get along well but never form a real team. Regardless of the RPG, there is no real Rainmaker or leader. They just never really form a team. None of them are really aware of what each other can do, like skills or spells or tech or anything. So Encounters aren't really about a team working together, but instead about four, four to six individuals in the same room kind of heading towards the same goal." Even when we use bonds or backstory cards or other group origin tools, they rarely rely on them, even when it gives them mechanical benefit. So, adventures tend to be kind of scattered. Every man for themselves, situations, and individual story hooks rarely get grabbed by more than one player.
0: Yeah. So, it sounds like like what we have going on here is um, a lack of a player leader to align the group and give it direction. While teams don't actually need a leader, productive teams actually do. So you can be a team, you can do stuff together to, you know, to achieve a goal, but without, without a leader, like you're not going to do that very well, right? And I think that's what Jay is experiencing in their letter to us. And really what we're talking about is the need for a leader, right? It's going to be somebody who is going to pull the group together give them a central purpose, coordinate them, right? That's the roles of a leader. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, get the efficiencies of doing that, right? Like when we start to use people's talents um, to combine them, right? We are greater than the sum of our parts.
1: Yes, indeed. And we'd say, you know, not all games need a party or team with a leader in it, but definitely games like D&D and Pathfinder certainly benefit from party cohesion and coordination that you get from having some type of leadership, right?
0: Yeah, like for I mean, like for instance, if you're playing Urban Shadows, like where you're yeah. basically like a bunch of characters off doing supernatural stuff in the city, and then kind of right. coming together and you know battling something bigger from time to time, like you don't right. really need a leader you for don't a, need game a leader like in that. that
1: one. Yeah, I, so I mean, it depends on what kind of game you're doing, but yeah. So with with the kind of games that we're talking about, where we're talking about things where you do want the team to work as a very cohesive party, usually what's going on is they're facing some kind of opposition, frequently a violent one, which needs to be defeated, right? So when we talk about D&D Pathfinder stuff, right? Or even a lot of Power by the Apocalypse games. I mean, when we talk about people taking face roles, the person who takes a face role very frequently ends up you know, de facto kind of leading the group and getting things together. Anyway, we'll get into that. So the characters themselves all have special powers and abilities, and with some actual forethought, you can combine them and do what Phil was saying, which is have something that is greater than the sum of the individual parts of people just going off on their own. But RPGs also do encourage character agency, so no matter what you're doing, each character is free to do what they want. So it means that they need someone who can unify them To help combine their abilities and make them more efficient and make them want to work together, right? Because it still needs to be their decision to work together, but they have to have a reason to want to. So that's where the leader comes in, right? So before we go any further, let's ask Phil to define a few terms that we're going to use for the rest of the show. Hit me, definition panda.
0: Yeah, so um, for this discussion, we're going to borrow a few terms from a good kink-related book called "Leading and Supporting Love," which talks about the use of power dynamics in romantic relationships. But we can easily see how this the same thing applies uh, to a gaming group if we just re- remove the romance part. Um, now, listen, some gaming groups have some romance going on in them. That's fine, but for tonight's discussion, we'll just we're going to go with a strictly platonic gaming group. <laughs> So that book looks at people with, they basically categorize them as two types, right? There are L-types, which are leads, right? These are people who like to lead groups. They take charge. They direct things. They derive their value and satisfaction in leading people in doing things.
1: Yeah. And then the other type is S-type, which is supportive. And these are people who like to basically function as the support, right? They provide support and help other people achieve things by being given things to do that can help. So they don't want to lead someone else to achieve things, but they want someone to kind of lay a path down in front of them or to have someone who has a strong leadership that they can support fully and like kind of be that first mate on the ship kind of situation.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Now these things aren't absolutes, right? Like not every lead is like a super strong, like L type and not every supportive person is a super strong S type. And, you know, plenty of leads do their own forms of support and supportive people can absolutely lead. There are a lot of people who are very much S types in relationships who are in, you know, in charge of things in their workplace. Or running organizations and things like that. So then leadership is when a person takes on the lead role in a group. Now, ideally, if there's a person who is an L-type, then they'll take that position. Otherwise, um, an S-type can take up a leadership position and assume that responsibility.
1: Absolutely, yeah. So the thing with leadership is that people think that the only way to lead is to be like the big boss like person giving orders and stuff, you do this, you do that. And so in a lot of cases, for someone who comes from a more supportive background, or that's more their personality type, that kind of idea is not appealing to have to do to, to have to be the person who knows exactly what to do and organize everybody else is not like a fun game thing to do, right? But The thing is that there are actually several different ways that people can lead, and there's some that, you know, work really well for supportive types, too, that still end up making them basically team leaders, right? So here's a few of the different types of leadership.
0: Yeah. So the first one is the top-down leader, right? So this is the most common type when we think of leadership, right? This is the one where it was exactly what you said earlier on. This is the person who is giving orders to everyone else, right? So there's a person at the top and they are leading, they're making decisions, they're giving orders. Yeah. So when this is done right, that leader makes informed decisions by kind of listening to the input of the group and keeps the group moving in an efficient manner. When it's done wrong, um, this leader is the alpha player and is yeah. basically just running everybody else's character.
1: I've been in that game. Don't sure. do it.
0: Sure, <laughs> I mean we could, you know, we could go on, you know, forever about the evils yeah. of alpha gamers.
1: No, I think we've done it in a different episode. Indeed. Um, Yeah. The next type of leader is the collaborator. So this leader is not about giving orders, but basically about getting the group to collaborate on making decisions. So they're not about being the final authority. They're more about facilitation, right, to get the group to communicate about what they think they should do. So when this one is done right, this leader brings the group together to make decisions as a group, which is often stronger because everybody is actually there and present and being included in that decision, When it's done wrong, this means you can get the group just talking about every decision at giant length and everything slows way down because no one can actually make a decision. People disagree and you can't even get them to decide, you know, which room to go into next. It takes half an hour.
0: Yep. Um, The last one that we'll talk about is the servant leader. Um, This is the leader who leads by their willingness um, to help others. Right. So their goal is to help everyone achieve what they want through assisting everyone. Um, and um, in doing so, they, they earn that respect of the leader uh, because they feel, you know, the leader is there, you know, there to support them. So they in turn um, reflect that same support back upon the leader. Yes. So when this is done right, this is a group that works together to help each other out. They can have divergent goals, but they all want to help each other achieve their goals. Yeah. Um, And when it's done wrong, um, the servant leader winds up getting kind of used by the group who basically takes advantage of the servant leader's desire to help. Um, And they just use it to advance their own stuff.
1: Yeah. So... That's three of the different ways, regardless of the ways that you can lead. There are definitely people out there who don't like to lead, and that's totally okay because not everyone wants to. It's not fun for everyone. And what are we doing at this table with our friends if we're not here to actually have fun, right? I mean, that's really what we're getting at. So so there are, um, but there have to be people to support in the game. So that's also equally important. Um, so why don't people like to lead? Well, there are a myriad of answers, but here's a few of the common ones, right? So it might just not be in their nature, and that is totally okay. For some people, feeling like they have to be that person who makes final decisions or breaks ties or um, comes up with the idea of how to manage things is uncomfortable or stressful, right? It's a lot of responsibility and it might be a lot of pressure depending on who you're playing with. Um, Or maybe you're just not feeling super creative today, but like tomorrow you'll be back in the saddle, right? So, you know, sometimes it's just a lot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Another one could be that uh, somebody wants a break. Um, This may be a kind of person who uh, leads for a a living, like I do, and that they don't want to actually be in the lead all the time. Like they, you know, would like to just, you know, dial it back and do something different because it's their recreation time.
1: Yeah. And then... There's also leaders who, who, they really are natural leaders, but they're being careful about things like not being thought of as bossy, right? Or being the alpha gamer, because they're trying to tiptoe around that stuff carefully, which we appreciate. Um, So they might not want to lead because they're concerned that others are going to say that about them, or they're not sure of their social skills to be able to do it in a way that doesn't cause that to happen, right? Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, And lastly, um, some people don't like to lead because they're afraid of making mistakes. Um, Leaders make decisions. Sometimes decisions are wrong. And, um, you know, I know this from my professional life, like sometimes you just have to own a bad call, right? And that's a lot of pressure. Like, that's a thing that uh, a leader grows into over time. Um, And so if you're just, you know, if you're leading your party in the dungeon, like, and you're afraid of making mistakes like that might not be the place you want to have to learn this life experience although i will say it is probably the best place to learn this life experience before you have to learn it at work
1: yeah like it's actually it might be it might be a good call right like yeah because then you can be like oh i'm gonna own up to the fact that you got injured and we spent all of our spellcasting slots instead of like i'm gonna own up to the fact that we lost billions of
0: dollars Yeah, exactly. Like, it's
1: actually, it's it's high stakes, but it's like lower high stakes. It's fake high stakes. Exactly. Stakes are fake. Fake stakes.
0: (laughs) Um, So mistakes can put pressure on people, and making those decisions is what kind of, you know, people will be like, oh, I don't want to be in charge of that.
1: Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. All right, so now that we kind of did a deep dive on leadership itself, we're going to go back to Jay all's original point about lack of leadership at the table and talk about two ways that it can kind of come about.
0: Two um, ways.
1: Two ways. Imagine that. There are one, two of us. Shocking.
0: Uh, 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 uh.
1: <laughs> so I'm going to talk about internal leadership, which is fostering leadership from within the group of players itself.
0: Yep. And I'm going to talk about external leadership, uh, things that GMs can do to provide leadership to a group that just doesn't have a leader.
1: Right. Okay. So jumping in on internal leadership. So to actually create leadership within your group, you have to kind of start by figuring out what kind of leadership is going to work best for that set of people and that game, right? Yeah.
0: So um, top down is, you know, by far the most efficient, right? It just somebody gives orders people take people do them but it's got the biggest chance of ruffling feathers right yeah like, this is people's game like don't tell me what to do man like
1: yeah don't take agency that's not cool right. but i mean like maybe if you're in sort of a military system or something then it might work out
0: there are certain settings where that might work better yeah than like okay. star
1: trek or something right
0: yeah uh servant yeah. leadership is good but it takes a lot of work and you need opportunities where you can help others Right. Yes. Like, otherwise, you really can't build that kind of supportive network. Yeah. Um, and collaboration is um, the most inclusive uh, in that, you know, we're we're going to listen to everybody and take everybody's feedback and work together to come to a decision. But as it sounds, it's a lot of work. Collaboration. Yeah. Collaboration is not always easy.
1: Right. Um, but overall, collaboration tends to be the best way to go when you need leadership and nobody is really jumping into that role, right? Because in that case, you can have, um, as a player, you can you can take the role of being the collaborative leader, and what you're really doing is just making sure that everyone's voice is being heard and that, um, you know, everybody is expressing and working together towards your common goal. And sometimes you might need to be the tiebreaker if, as a group, you can't come to a decision, Right. But. Using collaborative leadership means you don't have to be the bossy boss because you're not telling anyone what to do. And if something goes wrong, everybody made this decision all together as a group, right? And the other thing- Group own it. Group own it. You don't get to toss that off on the leader. But the other thing about leading as a collaborator too is that if you also have a group that's resistant to the idea of specifying a leader or having someone clearly lead, this is the type of leadership that you can kind of do like on the down low-
0: Easily, yes. Right? It, it is very subversive, right? You uh, we'll yes. talk a, we talk a little bit more about that I think at the end of the section. But, right, right, right. Um, it can be very subversive in that you don't see it coming and the next thing you know you are the leader.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah. But it's really about like, you know, being a good player and sharing and stuff, right? Yep, absolutely. Um, yeah, so the way that you kind of start is to recognize when an important decision is coming up and then you just bring everybody together to talk that through, right? So like, what would that sound like?
0: Yeah, yeah. so uh, look, look. Uh, oh, before we head into Baron Von Badass's lair, we should discuss our plan of attack. So Senda, you were saying something before about being able to phase in to the mm-hmm. lair. Yep, totally uh, can. Yep, Chris, you had mentioned that you think your force shields can be extended to protect the rest of us.
1: Yeah. So then from there, you're going to let everybody talk. And then as decisions are made, confirm with them um, to get the group buy in and then move on. Right. So when Chris says, yes, four shields, I I think I can do it. You know.
0: So great. Great. It sounds like Chris has got us covered with the four shields. Is everybody good letting Chris do that? Like, are we all does anyone have any other ideas or are we good to just let Chris, um, you know, we'll get we'll all get behind Chris's shield.
1: Shields seem good. So anyway, pretty soon you find that everyone just kind of starts looking to you as the leader to help basically run the communication and negotiation at the table to make the decisions because that's really what you're doing is just guiding the conversation at that and
0: point. then you wind up as the leader
1: yeah yeah <laughs> like
0: which is okay like don't be scared because if that's how you got there just keep doing that just like, keep doing that don't right don't change yeah <laughs> don't don't change to top down no, no. by because you built up a collaborative group recognize that if this group is thriving through these kind of collaborative discussions just keep fostering them
1: yeah just keep doing doing it yeah yeah Yep. anyway but what do you do if none of your players are stepping into that role which it kind of sounds like unless they specifically have a conversation about it that maybe this is the situation that jay Connell is in
0: yeah so this is right so there's there's a distinct possibility that you have nothing but s types in your group right like you just have nothing but s types um, which again is fine that's just who people are um, oh, oh!
1: What if, what if all they've got is L-types? I mean, it could be either or, right?
0: Uh, if you get L-types, usually you can settle out. Somebody can be leader. Remember, <laughs> L-types can support, right?
1: I know, but S-types can lead. so.
0: Right, but here's the thing. So if you have a group of L-types, um, you would take a different approach. So if you have oh, a group okay. of L-types, you, okay. you just got to get one of them to lead and convince <laughs> the other ones to follow. Right. Right. Because you're not you're not lacking leadership. What you're lacking is you're not people aren't sure which one should lead because there's too many leaders at the table. Yep. So you just have to get that dynamic worked out like you basically have to be like. So this is like when I'm in a room with all my bosses and we have to like somebody has to lead something. It's like, all right, which one of us is going to be in charge here? Yes. We can't all be in charge. Which one of us is going to spearhead this and which one of like when the rest of us are going to follow. And like yep. once you kind of set that, everybody kind of knows their roles. Yeah. Okay.
1: Okay. But I had to say it because it is another possibility of like when you Entirely get stuck.
0: Entirely a possibility. Yes. And it can be super painful because yes. a room full of like a room full of elves vying to be leader uh-huh. is super messy. Yes. <laughs> okay. Anyway, but, back, let's, but back let's go to the back script. to our room full, our table full of S's. <laughs> yes. Okay, so for a table full of S's, we now need to fall on the GM to do something uh, to provide some level of leadership for this group, and so you can do this one of two ways: we can do this by using NPCs, and we can do this by how we structure adventures. And as a GM, you will probably need to do both of these. Yeah. So starting with NPCs. Uh, You can create an NPC that is a leader for the PCs to follow.
1: Right. And we have to put a slap a caveat on this one, right? A little bit of a warning here, Um, because this one requires consent from the group. You don't want to just spring it on them, right? You don't want to be like, oh, we've been playing for a year, but now this person is in charge of all of you. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. They're they're not going to like it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) exactly so um you do want to kind of get buy-in like hey i like we really need like i think you guys need some help kind of keeping things in order i'd like to just you know introduce this npc who i think could help bring this together
1: or um oh gosh you just finished this um wonderful adventure slash task for this queen and now um she wants to give you all titles in her court but to do that you have to swear allegiance
0: Sure. And are we cool <laughs> playing a game where the queen's going to start handing down orders? Remember, because yeah. we're looking for consent Yeah, Because you
1: got to right? get consent. But but I mean, you can, you can story it up a little bit.
0: Absolutely. Right? We're going to talk a little bit about how to put that um, together. Yeah. Okay. So there's two types of NPC leaders. Uh, the first one is the distant NPC leader. And that is a character who gives uh, direction from afar. And so in most cases, they're like the mission giver. Right, so there is some authority figure where they not only give the mission, but they are important enough that the mission should be followed. Right, um, uh, and this is good when characters need help through navigating the campaign. But play seems to be okay when they're do- going scene to scene. Yeah, now that's not exactly Jay's original point, but we're just noting it we're, here, yeah, right? We're, like
1: we're getting through everything. Yeah, yeah.
0: So uh, a distant a distant leader will handle. A distant leader will handle that high-level guidance, right? Like, go forth and do this mission.
1: Yes. You must go forth and find the Holy Grail. Right? Cool. So
0: So, give me some examples.
1: Yeah. So an example of a distant rule would be like, hey, a queen or other ruler, right? We just talked about that a little Mm -hmm. bit. A mission handler, yep, Mm -hmm. or like a starship captain or the fleet commander, Right, yep, absolutely. All of those kind of things. Yeah.
0: Right. So what we're talking about is somebody who's in a uh, position of power who needs to be listened to, but is also so powerful that they can't go with the players.
1: Right. They're not right? going. They're not going to micromanage you.
0: Exactly. Now, maybe you need some micromanaging. In which case, the other type of NPC is the close yeah. NPC leader. Uh, this leader is embedded in the group of characters and is giving directions right in the scene. It's pretty invasive, and it's not my first recommendation, but it can be done with a little bit of subtlety, and um, you're going to need to design this NPC to give characters immediate direction, but it's best if this character still remains strictly a support character, right? Yeah. Like, don't make them the leader and a complete combat badass.
1: Yeah, no GM NPC. Right, right. Because Don't do that.
0: Because if you're leading them and you're mopping up the battlefield, why are they playing the game? Yes, seriously. Right. So their purpose is to exist, to nudge the players along in a supporting role. Like when they get stuck, like the leader should say like, okay, I think we should do X, Y, and Z or so-and-so have you checked whatever, right? Like that's the, like that's the ground level support they're giving in terms of leadership. Yeah. So what are some good examples of that?
1: Yeah, so like uh, a squad leader, right? So if we're yeah, yeah you are playing a
0: military game, yep, right? Yep,
1: squad leader. An AI who is a hologram that would be cool. Cause yeah, yeah. Cause
0: in, can't interact just, with anything,
1: right? They can't. They literally can't do anything. All they can do is talk to you and like mm-hmm. maybe provide information at key points, or or the fantasy version of that, basically like a wise mystical bird.
0: Yeah, too too small to do anything It's too small to take out an ogre. Right. Um, They're not
1: going to do anything like like a parrot sitting on your shoulder, dispensing wisdom.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So the good part about these NPCs is that if the group eventually develops its own leadership, you can like gradually remove the close NPC, right? Like you can just pull them back, retire them. The mystic bird leaves to go back to Nirvana.
1: (laughs) Okay. The AI gets crushed and broken and is now gone. And now you have to go on an adventure to try to save them. You know, anyway. Um, so, lastly, if you are averse to putting an NPC in your game to do the leading, or in conjunction with one of those options, you can also structure your adventures to better handle leaderless players. Right. So, this is ties directly into what we talked about last week. So, you you generally want to go with a linear adventure structure, like we talked about in the last episode, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna avoid structures that require too many decision points. Yep. So minimal to no branching. Like yep. just give them a just give them a linear plot. It's it's hard for them to it's hard for them to screw up decisions when they can only go forward. Right. Um no sandboxing.
1: No sandboxing.
0: Sandboxing requires decisions about going in directions and whether we should explore something or move on to the next hex. And if you don't have a leader who can do that, don't let them go wandering around in the sandbox.
1: Yeah, because what's going to happen with, with, with the kind of group that we're talking about here is they're all going to go in different directions.
0: It's just going to be a mess. Don't the do- next one is don't do investigations. Investigations require leadership. Uh huh. Um, when when you're investigating something by yourself, it doesn't require leadership. But when you have a team of people investigating something, you need a leader. You need to know which clues to gather and when to share information and when to move to the you know to a conclusion or whatever. It it requires a high degree of collaboration to make a good team investigation work. So if you have a leaderless group. Do not do investigations. Yeah. Pick really straightforward, linear structures, minimal branching points for some degree of feeling of agency, but really you just want to keep them moving forward. Yep. They'll be happy for it. Yeah. They won't, and so will you because your story will actually progress.
1: Yes. Because you basically want to be able to just present them with a problem and then set them in a straight line you know, here's you and straight line to problem. And then just like, go.
0: Yeah. Right. Exactly. Just, just go get to the end. Get to the end,
1: end of the problem. Just go solve it.
0: Right. So when we talk about getting to the end of a linear adventure, uh, it must mean that we are also at the end of our somewhat linear podcast.
1: Indeed. I would say that it's linear, except it's one of those improvised linear ones with bits. Yes. (laughs)
0: And before we move on to the ending, Senda, tell us about another show in the Misdirected Mark Network.
1: Well, um, the Cypher Speak podcast is an engaging discussion that covers the evocative and inclusive settings of the Cypher system. Darcy and Troy are entertaining co hosts who offer GM advice and ideas for you to use in your games. They are lovely.
0: They are lovely indeed. Say send a where can people reach us on the internet?
1: Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash pandas talk games. You can find us for. Uh,
0: no, you really um, can't. I'm, I'm already abandoning Plus. ship. Yeah.
1: yeah, don't even look at Google <laughs> Plus anymore. I'm, I'm gonna, I am got to take it out of my patter for the end here. Or you can write us an email, panda at misdirectedmark.com. And Phil, once they find us in one of those places or remember that email address, what can they do with that information?
0: Please, please, please send us topics. Uh, we love getting topics. We love to talk about the things that are important to you, the questions you have about gaming. And of course, you know, we love talking about things like um, whatever you want to know about the ditch lilies. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, send us your topics. Um, We love them. Send them to us. We'll figure out a way to make it work for the show. We love to answer them, and we'll find a way to come up with two points for pretty much anything. Challenge accepted. Um, (laughs) Say, Zenda, what's the other thing you can do with our social media information that's fun and cool, that lets us know what awesome games you're playing?
1: Well, you can send us your table selfies. So the next time you sit down to play that awesome game with those awesome peeps, snap a picture of the event, post it on Twitter, Just on Twitter, yeah, Uh, with the hashtag table selfie. And then we'll swing by and like it, because we love seeing what you guys are playing.
0: Indeed, indeed. And if you like what we do here elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, you can support our Patreon campaign. Go to patreon.com slash MMP. Patrons of the show get access to all sorts of cool stuff. Uh, our Slack Room for Life, the bonus outtakes from this show, the Misdirected Mark After show, various things that Eng- uh, that Encoded Designs publishes. Like sometimes you just get a game, you know, like a half-eaten hamburger LARP. Um, well, yeah, I mean. <laughs> or Whirlwind Millionaire. Right. Cool stuff like that. Um, we also have a Minecraft server, which is picking up some people. It's um, kind of fun. We've all hanging out on a Mumble and chatting with each other. Sometimes not even people are playing Minecraft. Some people are just on Mumble chilling like you do.
1: Yeah, it's good cuz I don't actually just, play Minecraft.
0: Yeah, it just gives us a chance to actually all hang out together and chill. Um yeah. so it's really cool. Uh we also like to shout out to our patrons. I'm going to run through them really quick. Toby Sennett, the Baron of Britannia. That's a that's that's a heck of a title. Mm-hmm. Um Tony the Rainmaker, who is on our Minecraft server and is um like our Tony Stark mad, mad scientist. scientist. Yeah. 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 Indeed. Uh and Evil Rich, who um is uh it, he's he's the evil yeah. one, not Goodrich. So yeah, yeah. you might know Goodrich, but that's not who but we're talking about. We're no, talking we're about, talking evil, about rich. evil
1: Rich. Yeah. Thanks, yeah, yeah. evil Rich.
0: Um, say, Santa, <laughs> what's the other thing that people can do that makes us so happy and giddy that uh, we're like pandas rolling down a hill?
1: Well, you can leave us a rating, a review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. Any new review we get actually really does help new people find the show, which is exciting. And it makes us super duper happy and give us a vast sense of artistic validation. So um, we super duper appreciate all the ones that are already there. Thank you, guys. It's awesome. You're awesome.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Say, Sandra. Show me how you're going to foster leadership in your next home group game.
1: This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs got, eh? Show me what you got. Show
0: me what you got, eh? Show me what you got. Show me what you got, eh? Show me what you got. Ay, show me what you got. Ay, what you got clicky. clicky. All right, and welcome. We are, uh, we are recording. Bloop
1: Monday, so. Monday.
0: Wah, 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 wah. Nah, wah, nah,
1: nah, nah, wah. Can't stop that. Day, I don't know that
0: that's so. Listen, if you are a smart listener and know your <laughs> calendars, you'll know that tonight we're both a little rocky. Yeah, because um, hey, we don't really need to say why. Yeah, some but
1: stuff happened in the RPG community like yesterday and today.
0: Yep, and we're definitely feeling the fallouts from that, right? Like, yep, having a lot of emotional feels.
1: Yep, uh, surrounding lots it. of empathy. Mm-hmm. Yep
0: empathy for the correct people yes <laughs> let's be clear
1: yeah let's be very clear that some of my personal experiences line up very closely yeah um so there's feels. yeah i had
0: i had a lot of i had a very off day today this was not a very put together fill day no i did manage to kind of uh, pull it out in a tailspin with um a little minecraft with uh a lot of the mmp crew um it was myself. Uh, you popped in. Yeah. Uh, Andy was in at some point. Uh, the Rainmaker, Tony was there. Uh, old Man Logan, Schmitty. Like it was nice. It was nice to kind of pop in and um, and just kind of chat with folks.
1: Yeah, and I'm almost done making a scarf, which is fun because that's just been like my like relaxy thing. Literally last night and today, and I'm almost done with it. But I realized as I near the end of it. Uh, This is the first thing I've knitted in like 10 years, and I don't remember how to finish. I don't remember how to end it.
0: Yeah, you're probably going to want to talk to some
1: people. (laughs) I'm sure that YouTube will tell me, but um, it's been a long time since I knitted anything, so...
0: I mean I didn't even really freak out um when I ordered my new backpack tonight, right? No, like, only
1: only slightly.
0: I mean <laughs> slightly in that I've never spent that much money before on a backpack. Right. So since people do like Phil's bag uh bag reviews. Yeah. Panda, um, I, panda stocking I, I, uh, bags. Panda stocking bags. I um I bit the bullet. Yeah, and you
1: did. <laughs> I
0: ordered the peak design everyday backpack. Uh-huh. The, uh, the um, Rolls Royce of backpacks, and uh, yep, I'm super excited. Mm-hmm. to uh, I'm super excited for it to come, and um, I will be loading it out. I will probably, um, I will probably just carry it in um, in place of my satchel for a couple weeks because I'll want to get used to it. Yeah, so I'll I'll load it out fully. And then I'll take it out for a spin, uh, but I mean the nice thing is with that one, like I can put my lunch in that, like like I can yeah, fit yeah. a bunch of stuff in there.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll be able to just um, put everything in one bag and go to the office.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So I'm psyched to see how that's going to work, um, and then I'm really going to be psyched when I take it to breakout. Yeah, because that'll I will load it out for con. Um, I'll load it out for con play. Yeah, then um, it's going to
1: seriously shine. Yeah
0: yeah yeah i'll be pretty excited about that so yeah anyway um yes that's my backpack um i've wanted it for many years and um encoded had a for stuff i can't talk about yet encoded had an exceptional month and uh for that i have um i have treated myself to said backpack
1: yep Bloop. yeah it should I be love fine that bag <laughs> It's great <laughs> I feel I know, it's uh, all professional looking and then it's got this little panda hanging off of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, as it should be. I like, know. you know, fly your flag.
1: On brand. Bloop.
0: We're gonna jump in and make a show yep. that's as funny as I think we're gonna yeah. get tonight, which is
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm just gonna take ai s I'm gonna take a sip. I mean, look, something funny could happen while we start recording. Yep. Like it totally it's entirely could. possible. Yep.
1: make it totally happen. Um,
0: and since people are gonna hear this afterwards, like we may sound fine and then like yeah, you know, we'll, we may have been well, I think
1: we'll sound fine, but We've warmed our way up into it.
0: Oh boy, I really need some water. Hang on.
1: Yeah, no, water is your friend. I always fill up my water bottle at work and bring it home because the water at work is
0: it's phenomenal. I've I've showed you my water fountain. At work. I know
1: your water fountain's great. It's like the old clunky metal thing. My water. I'm
0: pretty sure I'm drinking lead. I have, like just- I have
1: two options. The one right outside my door does four varieties of either sparkling or still water. Um, But I prefer when I'm filling my water bottle to go downstairs because the downstairs water bottle or water station essentially puts out smart water. Like it's ultra filtered, like coconut carbon filters with electrolytes added in, like yada, yada, yada. That thing's great.
0: This is why I work for a state institution and you work in a hip, trendy workspace.
1: Yeah, where they play like freaking chill hop some mornings out in the main part they're like grooving out there fresh flowers I'm
0: currently I'm currently working on requisitioning headphones so I don't have to listen to anyone in my office
1: their toilet paper is nicer than my home toilet paper (laughs) I don't splurge on Cottonelle and they do or is it Cottonelle I don't know it might be Charmin I think it's Charmin it's like top of the line toilet paper and I was sitting there the other day and I was like dear god Okay, my father is a scotch paper, toilet paper kind of guy, and that is the household I grew up in. I did not grow up with soft toilet paper, and I have changed that way, and I enjoy soft toilet paper now, but I still don't get, like, the super amazing...
0: The ultra-luxury. Yeah,
1: like, and they do, and I'm like, (laughs) jeez. Like, I get whatever soft stuff is on sale. Like... (laughs)
0: Yes, I'm. I'm in that. I'm in that place. Yeah, soft like I, stuff
1: that's on sale.
0: Well, so I grew up with the um, Scotts um, toilet paper. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I lived in the country and we had a septic tank, and you gotta like, you can't use like, like, you gotta use the thinner paper. Yeah, because that makes it's sense. not, it's not as good for the septic tank. Yeah, yeah. But now I live in the city, right? Right. So like, you can have soft I, paper. Yeah, I can. You know, whatever soft, I want. So we've, I, but paper. we're like. But I'm like you like I have like the Wegman soft like not the luxury soft like I just have like you know the like what you can buy in the family pack.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly.
0: It is now at work. It's worse because at work, I I work in a college, yes. so the toilet paper is the um, it's the industrial giant roll. Yes,
1: that stuff's awful.
0: You know the two wheels yep. in the thing. Two huge yeah, that's things.
1: and sometimes it doesn't even it doesn't even have like tear places.
0: So like, oh just, please like, don't even. Yank like you gotta on it and Well, you gotta pray. pull it down and then just and then like, you gotta pull it, pull up. it against yep. the teeth. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> oh, it's it's a thing. <laughs>
1: Okay, now we can start the show. We, Good job. We, we talked about toilet
0: Good pit. job. Start meowing.
1: Okay. <laughs> Just start meowing and then keep going. Just
0: <laughs> meow, meow right now, meow, cat girl.
1: Meow. Please. Meow.
0: Meow. Cue music. <laughs> Bum. (coughs) Phil is being bossy just like he always is.
1: (laughs) I don't know. It's turning kind of militaristic around here. Bloop. But you were using bossy. What's the opposite of bossy?
0: I know. I'll tell you really quickly that I I like bossy because in my house, um, you get yelled at for being bossy because um, when my kids were little and they watched Thomas the Tank Engine. Uh, there's an engine, the Scottish engine Emily, and uh, she's referred to as a bossy buffers because she's always bossing the other, um, the other trains around.
1: Bloop by Lauren McManmon. And... There's a lot of Ms.
0: There's a lot of Ms. in there. Try again. Bloop
1: by Lauren McMahon Shit.
0: Pro. You know, I
1: did this fine before we used to hit
0: record. All right, I'm going to just put my head down so you can't see me. Ready? Go ahead. Uh-huh, and that'll make better. What's this game about?
1: <laughs> Darth Darth Vecchione over here. Bloop. By Laura McMahon. M- oh. <laughs> bloop. So, for tonight's topic, uh, God damn it. Yeah, bloop.
0: <laughs> I want to beep the One leader. The I ah, want ah, to ah, be- ah.
1: Okay, okay, anyway, enough of the count. Um. Bloop. Show me what you got. <laughs> Show, Show me what you
0: me got. What you got. Show Show me me what what you got.
1: Show me what you you got. (laughs) Uh -uh.
0: Fifty minutes.
1: Yeah, we nailed it. Not bad.
0: It's the part of the year. It's February, so the ground's frozen, which means that the concrete walls just radiate.
1: I know. We've we've talked about this before because there was every year
0: we talk about every year we talk
1: about it. There's a whole bit about your hairs being cold.
0: I know. Well, and I got my hair cut um, on Sunday, so the back of my neck is freshly shaved. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so my, like, I'm even more sensitive to the cold right now because the back of my, like, the back part of my neck got shaved and all squared off.
1: Right. Cute, though. Sweet. Ready Mm -hmm. to roll? I mean, yeah. Say goodbye. Okay. Bye.
0: Bye. (laughs)
1: Oh, I forgot to put my mouse on the stop button. Stop.